trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Joan Van Beesler And Kristen Byrice Organizers with Our Voices Together a growing coalition of grassroots organizations that support justice and our First Amendment right to peacefully protest. Reverend Joan Van Beesler is the Executive Director of Unitarian Universalist Justice Ohio. This past election season, she also directed Ohio UU, The Vote, and was chair of the registration team of the nonpartisan Ohio Voter Outreach Committee. Before working for UUJO, she worked as UUA staff and was vice president for student services at LLIFF School of Theology in Denver, Colorado. She lives in Columbus, Ohio with her spouse, Jerry, and four felines, all named after Hebrew Bible prophets and royalty. Kristen Byrice is the community organizer at UU Justice Ohio. Last election season, she organized 26 congregations to participate in Ohio UU The Vote and helped activists acclimate to the digital version of voter advocacy. Kristen has worked as program coordinator in school-based nonprofit programs and has a long history in online marketing. She volunteers as a hike leader in local metro parks, sings in choirs, and musical theater, leads a Facebook group of almost 1,000 activists, and has been organizing since 2016. Kristen and her husband live in the Dayton area with their feline friend, Hobbs. I would like to list the growing coalition you have spearheaded so far. Faith in Public Life, Greenpeace, Interreligious Task Force, Ohio Council of Churches, Ohio Poor People's Campaign, Planned Parenthood, Accomplices of Dayton Area, Buckeye Environmental Network, Crazy Faith Ministries, Columbus Mennonite Church, Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, First Unitarian Universalist Church of Columbus, Higher Bar Productions, Innovation Ohio, Ki Hilat Sukkot Shalom, Motherful, Ohio Organizing Collaborative, Ohio River Valley Institute, Ohio Votes, Ohio Women's Alliance, Opal, Organize Ohio, Our Revolution Ohio, Surge Ohio, UUJO, Weigh the Facts, People's Justice Project, Urge, Hyper Fund, Interfaith Power and Light, and Coshocton Environmental and Community Awareness and Pinkston Law. ACLU is a resource partner. Sierra Club and Equality Ohio are also interested in joining the coalition. So that's a lot of coalition. And it keeps <laughs> growing. It does. It's huge. And um, um, Reverend Joan, I see you're a reverend and there are a lot of faith-based groups in this um, coalition. Can you tell us why? Well, for many of us in the faith community, our basic demo we know that our basic democracy, our rights of freedom of assembly and freedom of speech are dear to us and they're under attack from these multiple bills that are in the state house right now. It's a, it's a religious duty for many of us to uphold the worth and dignity of individuals and the way we do that in our society and hear our voices and enable one another to speak truth to power 
is with these freedoms of assembly and freedoms of speech. So of course, we're going to be upholding that. And, um, and we're going to be working together in this coalition to hold a big statewide action on Saturday, April 10th to raise awareness about the anti-democratic bills that are in the state house right now. And we're gonna say more about that later. And personally, the, some of the strongest activists I've met in central Ohio come from faith-based backgrounds, whether it's uh, Christian-based or Muslim or Jewish or Wiccan, people that have uh, strong feelings of justice and right. care for the world. How about you, Kristen? Want to weigh in on that one? Yeah, I, I, there's a bigger part of this. So not just religious organizations, but all organizations are impacted by these upcoming bills. So some of them actually directly target organizations that support protest. And so faith communities support protest because they want to weigh in on their beliefs and they have a right to do so. However, these bills threaten financial and uh legal trouble for organizations who support that kind of activity. So let's go into these bills. What's going on in Ohio with these anti-protest bills? Let's start with you, Joan. Yeah. Sure. We're seeing now an anti-democratic, an anti-democracy spirit rising in a lot of conservative circles in our country right now. And of course, we see it in the anti-voter laws that are in Georgia and the anti-voter bills in Texas and Florida and a number of other places. But we're also seeing it with these anti-democracy, anti-protest bills and laws springing up in other parts of the country. There are laws that ban protests at infrastructure sites like oil and gas and power plants and such in North and South Dakota and Louisiana and 26 different states, including Ohio. And we see stories about the bills being considered now in, in Florida. There's, there's a total of 219 anti-protest bills being considered right now nationwide. And this push to put a, a chill on all forms of public protest and public witness, you know, on our streets or sidewalks and government property is expanding with these four new bills in Ohio. And let me just say a, a word about these. The, now, the first of the major anti-protest bills came about two years ago, a little history here. They were written to penalize with felonies and these incredibly harsh fines, any person or any organization that protested or supported protest at critical infrastructure sites, which were defined as anything from nuclear power plants to telephone poles. But hmm. the bills were really designed to stop any kind of oil or gas or fracking protests like the ones that happened at Standing Rock. Mm -hmm. Some typical felonies included trespass on a site or blocking a road with the site or marking even temporarily any pipe or equipment. And there were these huge fines. A an organization like mine, if we supported a protest, could have up to $100,000 in fine in Ohio. So that definitely gives nonprofits and organizations a pause before we do any public witness work. But in Ohio, once they passed this version of the oil and gas infrastructure anti-protest bill uh, that passed December, it was during the lame duck session at, on the very last day. And the governor signed it at the very last minute, despite hundreds of 
opposition testimonies and thousands of petitions and signatures and letters, but they signed this and it goes into effect next week. But once they saw that this thing passed and it was a success, Ohio legislators created a new expanded set of anti-protest bills to chill and prevent protest anywhere, anytime, by anybody, for any reason. And this is why the coalition is so huge. We all have a stake in this. And Kristen will tell you more about these in in a minute here, because um, these new anti-protest bills and the ones like it in Florida are coming in under names that sound like they're focused on protecting the police. But when you read the bills and you hear the testimonies of the sponsors, you know that they were designed to stop any kind of freedom protest or public civil rights protests like the ones we saw last summer in Ohio cities and all over the U.S. And as the Ohio sponsors were actually presenting one of these, uh, House Bill 109, they spoke about their fear of the angry young people in the streets. Hmm. I mean, I was appalled. And we know that these angry young people were black and brown and some white. The sponsors also, quite frankly, had this very poor understanding, kind of like a Hallmark greeting card understanding. And that's an insult to Hallmark greeting cards. Um, But of the understanding of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They said that he would have not approved of the young people in the streets last summer because he, quote, preached peace and just wanted everyone to get along. I can see that they have never read or listened to one of Dr. King's books or speeches. And and we have four of these bills right now here in Ohio to complement that original infrastructure one. And individually, these bills are really problematic, but taken together, they're, they're designed to impede and chill all forms of public protest in Ohio. So if Senate Bill 33 was the great beast of the apocalypse, these four new ones are the four horsemen of the apocalypse, designed to make individuals and organizations think two, three, even four times before engaging in any kind of public witness work, which is what they want. Let's go on. Thank you, um, Joan. Kristen, talk about these four different bills and kind of lay them out. What if passed, what would happen to individuals and to groups? Yeah, so there's two large bills that are very similar to SB 33, uh, SB 16, and HB 109. So there's one in the House and one in the Senate in the state of Ohio right now mm-hmm. that bills that are all encompassing for protest. So both of them have very similar language in them. And the big things to think about here are everything, go, a lot of things that we normally do in protest that we normally don't get permitted, that we just go out and do, go from being a misdemeanor to a felony charge. Or they go from something like $250 fine to a $10,000 fine. So that's how it impacts us as activists who are going out into the street. We are now risking a lot more than we would normally have been risking to go out and do these activities. So think about things like when you're typically at a protest, you you might block a sidewalk mm-hmm. or block a street. So a lot mm-hmm. of the times we take to the streets and we walk down the street, um, sometimes unpermitted. We just go and do it, right? To make Mm -hmm. a point, to get our point across. The whole thing, the whole reason we protest is because we're not being listened to. We're not being heard by our government. So we have to take to the streets. We have to go out there and make a nuisance and 
do our civil disobedience to be heard. Right. So things like blocking a street now become a felony conviction. Hmm. Blocking a sidewalk becomes a felony conviction. Things like we want to make a statement so we bring out chalk, which can wash away with a little bit of water or rain, and you draw on the sidewalk to make a point, make a statement, write a write your hashtag, whatever it is, felony conviction. And if you're an organization that promotes this, so a lot of organizations, a lot of especially, you know, all of us who are involved in this kind of work, we put right. this out on Facebook, we share it through our email list, we help get supplies, or we go out and literally support on the street with these people, with our people who are out there protesting. Again, that becomes now a large fine that's very difficult for these organizations to come up with. Just like SB 33 has a $100,000 fine, it could be, you know, 15000 20000 50000 It's a lot of money for any organization who does this work to come up with, and it could seriously hurt their bank books along with the felony conviction for the person who is in charge of that organization or whose name that they pull off of that promotion that you put out. So there's a huge risk that is put on the the docket now for anybody who wants to organize in Ohio if these go through. SB 16 and HB 109, all of those things are included in those bills, all of it. Now, we have two smaller bills, one in the House and one in the Senate. Again, the Senate Bill 41 is all about they want to charge people who are in the protest for the police cost. So if you are out there and it goes violent, now anybody who's involved in that protest could be held responsible for the cost of the policing of Hmm. that protest. So they can go to court and ask for reimbursement. If you are arrested at that protest, they can ask for reimbursement for police cost as well. If you commit a misdemeanor or felony offense, it doesn't matter what kind of offense, if you commit an offense you now can be held responsible for that financial cost. So that's SB 41. And then there's HB 22, which is about not following directions of the police. It's about, they they mentioned throwing substances. So you're diverting attention. So the thing is about the police are in the middle of their duty. They're trying to arrest someone and you're diverting their attention. So if you are diverting their attention, it could be an annoyance. So my, my sign says something that's negative and that annoys the police officer, that could be a arrestable offense now. So you throw a substance at the police officers and it doesn't name what that substance might be. Any substance. So if you've ever been to a pride parade, you've seen glitter thrown all over the place. Glitter, streamers, it all goes out and it could end up on the police. And if it ends up on the police, that could now be a felony offense. You could be arrested for that. Like, I mean, bubbles, like all these things. It's it's just people, they're, they're just trying to put in these laws that are so difficult for us to abide by to make it hard for us to even want to go out there and have a little fun during our protest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the, those are the four bills that are up. Okay, so, so um, go ahead, Joan. Well, I was going to add on House Bill 22, when they were presenting that, one of their consultants said, we just don't want people to yell at us when we're making an arrest. And when I heard that, I thought instantly of what happened with George Floyd in Minneapolis. Yeah. 
and the people standing beside, you know, this, this scene, and they were yelling, they were trying to, you know, plead for mercy, they were asking, you know, for the, the police to stop killing him. Under House Bill 22, that would be annoying, harassing, and distracting police in the course of their duties, and it would be an offense. So who's behind these laws? Who, what, money, organizations, who's behind these? Kristen, oh. you're on mute. No, I'm, I'm letting Joan take that one. <laughs> okay. Well, we know that Senate Bill 33, the first one, the, the one where that's in 26 states already, was really manufactured by ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange uh, Council. And it was really funded by the Koch brothers and the oil and the gas industry. And it is so obvious, no matter what kind of window dressing you put on it. These other bills, however have all kinds of different things going on. Um, like House Bill 22 had a consultant who was with the Columbus police. Okay, so we're not, sh we're not seeing a pattern other than, pardon me, the Republican national, you know, some Republican national think tanks and groups talking about these anti-protest bills. So that's a, that one's a little trickier. But I will say that we are seeing similar bills almost yes. identical yeah. to what we're seeing in Ohio across the country. Right. They're in almost every state in the United States right now as proposed or a lot of them like SB 33 have already been passed in the state. So it's a similar trajectory for so many states across the country. So we are not the only state and the language is almost identical. This, this whole anti-democracy movement doesn't, it has a life of its own right now, and it's being manifest through Republican legislatures, legislators, and Republican controlled, pardon me, but Republican conservative controlled legislator, um, legislation bodies. But, um, but I can't pin it. We can't pin it on any particular moneyed interest in the back. Well, like Alec, Alec yeah. has, is a think tank right. and it has its lobbyists and they, and they have, they create their template law. Right. Which Senate Bill 33 was a template law. Right, it and then, was. And then ALEC members in the House which and Senate of Ohio, just which are a lot of them, take it and customize it a little bit and then, you know, in, um, introduce it and they pass it. Well, you know, we know that in Ohio we're a supermajority Republican legislature. So it's they have control right now. So if these other anti-protest bills also sound very, very similar to the other ones in the other states, it's coming from maybe ALEC too, or an or a organization that works very much like ALEC. We have not seen that yet, other than the connection with various Republican groups. Right. Well, they come, I think they come directly from the uh, Black Lives Matters um, huge uproar. And then, yeah. Yeah, like you said, they were yeah. encouraged by what happened with Senate Bill 33, which, you know, I was part of fighting very intensely as well. So my friends, how can everyday Ohioans help to stop these anti-protest laws and these anti-First Amendment laws right now? Get out there and protest. <laughs> Kristen, you can talk about what we're doing on that. Get out there and protest. We are on Saturday across the state. We have Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, Dayton, Southeastern Ohio, and Toledo and Oberlin College are all doing events this Saturday to protest these bills. So the first thing you can do is exercise your right to protest while you have it. 
Protest While You Can is the name of these events. You can search them on Facebook. They are very visible for you. We are going to be out in across Ohio presenting, demonstrating these things. So we're going to be demonstrating what it looks like to protest and what that might be a felony if these bills pass. We're going to be showing signs that say this is a felony while chalking the sidewalk with a family of, of kids and mom on the sidewalk chalking. Um, and, and we're going to be showing that, you know, in the state of Ohio, a, a riot, technically a riot is more than four people attempting to commit a felony. So with all these things becoming felonies, Missed more me. than four people is now a riot. Yeah. And so we're going to show five people standing there with a sign. This is a riot. Mm. because that's so scary. Um, you know, we're going to be demonstrating all these things, taking pictures, posting them on Facebook. We've got press coming to the events. We are trying to get the word out this weekend in particular because we want the people to be talking about this because we have the, they're on break right now at the state house. They're going to be coming back. SB 33 comes into effect as a law on Monday. So we want to make a statement that we do not want these bills to pass. And with SB 33 coming up, and we're gonna potentially have testimonies coming up on these bills as we get the state house legislature back in, we're making a statement before that. There's gonna be more coming, but this is the beginning of it. Right. Again, what is the, what's your website? You can go to uujo.org and click on- Take action. Take action. And it has pro-democracy is right under there. Our voices together, pro-democracy action. It's right. Our voices together. So if they Google our voices together, um, Ohio, they might find it. I I doubt that. I doubt that. On Facebook, you look for a Stop Ohio Anti-Protest Bills. All right. And that's on Saturday, April April 10th. 10th. Okay. What happens if people get this information after Saturday, April 10th? Then what what do they do? Don't. Okay, they can sign up on our um, action list, which uh, is also on the Facebook page, because we will be doing other things in the future. And one of the most important things we're going to be doing is equipping people to go talk with their representatives and senators about this. Also, talk to your family members about this. Raise their interest, you know, their awareness of this. But we're going to equip them to talk to their senators, their representatives, express their desire that this not happen, and also practice testimony and writing testimony so they can take this to the state house when these bills come up in hearing. Because what we do know is that we can petition, we can write letters, we can make phone calls, and these are good. But one of the most powerful things we can do is bring our bodies to the state house and make an opposition testimony. And that's what I am hoping we are able to do uh, with all these people that are excited and, and realize that their First Amendment rights are on the line here so that they come out with us and speak. Speak truth to power, right up personal, face to face. How much time do we have? To, to get these testimonies. I mean, when will they pass yeah. these bills? House Bill 22 has already had its third hearing. We were able to get 36 written testimonies in at the last minute because they changed the date on us. But we're anticipating that that will probably come up for a vote in the House Committee uh, on Criminal Justice uh, as soon as they get back from break. But then it has break to go is? to the Senate. When is break over? Break is over next week. Monday? Monday. So yeah, probably the week after. Yeah. 
haven't okay, seen so a it's schedule right yet. Right now. It's right, right now. now. Right now. And House Bill 109 has been getting a lot of legs, a lot of energy. It's going to be happening really soon. The two Senate bills, on the other hand, we got a little more time with those mm-hmm. for various reasons. I, you know, kind of complex. But those two House bills have got legs and energy. And the action list, that's why the action list is really important, because if you sign up for our action list, you'll find out when these are coming up. We recommend that everybody start writing testimony right now and getting that testimony ready so that they can go in. And we do have a toolkit on our website that will help you write those. So if you need help, we have it. And the thing is that we're going to know like Friday and that testimony is going to, you're going to have to be in the state house on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. So it's going to be quick. We aren't going to have a lot of notice and it's going to be quick. So getting on the list is the way that you can find out immediately. As soon as we hear on Friday, we're sending an email out as to this is what's up on the docket this week. This is the time that your testimony needs to be submitted. This is when you need to be at the court, the state house in order to testify. Okay, Kristen, how do people reach you again? So look for our, I would say, look for our website, uujo.org. And then also look at us up on Facebook under Stop Ohio Protest Bill. You can also get to it through UUJO Facebook page as well, because we're all interlinked. And we also have an information uh, email address, info at UUJO.org. Okay. So what is your number one ask of the folks that are listening to this um, radio and podcast, YouTube as well? What's your number one ask today? Kristen. Write your testimony, sign up for the action list. How long does the testimony need to be? Three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. How about you, Joan? I'm a preacher. So I got to close this out with, with a statement from the late Representative John Lewis. He said, when you see something that's not right, not fair, not just, you have to speak up. And you have to say something, you have to do something. And so we're going to ask people, all of you, to join this action Sign up on our action list so that you can do something, so that you can say something about this. And protest with us on Saturday. There's an online yes. option if you don't want to be in person. So protest with us Saturday. Many cities and an online option to boot. I got my start by my first testimony, Protecting Water. So if you're on the edge or on the fence, jump in, write your testimony, and let's protect our First Amendment rights. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio will now air on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.798.3 FM Columbus, and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP, 107.1 FM in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.